What a blessing it is to join together. Amen? What a blessing it is to look out your window and see all the rain that we have, huh? And not snow. Uh, <clears throat> God does love us. He gave that front range a bunch of snow. He just put rain on us. I'm joking. <laughs> People listening. <laughs> It's good. It is uh, truly good. And, um, you know, uh, we've already talked about creation truth and what a blessing it was to spend four days, pretty much, uh, three days, uh, uh, with this group of people, with this body of believers. And um, just getting to share in that time and, and the mission that took place and... I hope that you're not uh, tired of seeing each other yet, or tired of seeing me. It's all good. Uh, um, it's it's um, what a blessing. Keep playing. Keep praying for creation truth as they uh, have a busy, busy year, and um, so keep praying for for creation truth in that. Um, we're kind of a small group today, but it's okay because I'm gonna still tell you, the Peter Island. Is an independent, non-denominational, Jesus-loving, Bible-preaching church. And if it's ever not that, come tell me. Okay? Come tell me. Because uh, how refreshing it was to hear truth. Uh, and I want to pray that I will always bring you truth. His word. I'll throw my opinion in there once in a while. But it better be based off of his truth. And so uh, um, I pray that that is what it is. And that's why I always say we're a Jesus-loving Bible-preaching church because it's His truth that needs to be brought here. It's His truth that I pray that I preach. And uh, it is good. We cannot go wrong if we stay in His truth. And uh, man, I'm excited, so let's get to it because today is a great day. John 4. John 4 is where we're going to be. Uh, but before we go there, Back to why, why did John write this? Why did John give us this gospel? John 20, verse 31. These things are written, so you may know. You may believe, depends on how yours is written, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And believing, you will have life in His name. John laid it out pretty, pretty clear there as to why he penned this gospel. So that we will know that He is the Christ. John 4, before I read, I'm going I'm to say a prayer. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you that we can just turn to uh, your word and read it, and it's living. It's, it's not a textbook. It's not just, just words on a paper, but it's living. Because you have placed the Holy Spirit in us. Read these words, and then come alive. When we grasp the understanding that the Holy Spirit has given us of your word. And what a blessing that is. What I don't think we fully understand it, God, but I thank you. And God, I just pray that your truth is spoke today. Help our minds to be ready for it, our hearts to be open. God, I thank you for all your love that you pour on to each one of us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, John 4. John 4. And we're not going to read it all, but we're going to read it for a while. 
The Pharisees heard that Jesus was gaining and baptizing more disciples than John. Although, in fact, it was not Jesus who baptized, but his disciples. When the Lord learned of this, he left Judea and went back once more to Galilee. Now, he had to go through Samaria, so he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar, near a plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about the sixth hour. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, You give me a drink? His disciples had gone into the town and the town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You are a Jew, and I am a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, You have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his flocks and, his, and, and herds? Jesus answered, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give him will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, Go. Go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, You are right when you say that you have no husband. The fact is, you have had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus declared, Believe me, woman. The time is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know. For salvation is for the Jews, is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are all, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit. And his worshipers must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he will explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. Just then his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. But no one asked, what do you want? Or why are you talking with her? Then leaving, his water, then leaving her water jar, the woman went back to the town and said to the people, Come and see who told me everything I ever did. Could this be the Christ? They came out of the town and made their way towards him. Meanwhile, his disciples urged him, Rabbi, eat something. But he said to them, I have food to eat that you know nothing about. Then his disciples said to each other, Could someone have brought him food? My food said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. 
Do you not say four months more and then the harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. Even now the reapers reapers draws the reaper draws his wage. Even now he harvests the crop for eternal life. So that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps, is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefit of their labors. Many of the Samaritans from the town believed in him because of the Lord's testimony. He told me everything I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they urged him to stay with them. And he stayed for two days. And because of his words, many more became believers. They said to the woman, We no longer believe just because of what you said. Now we have heard for ourselves, and we know that this man really is the Savior of the world. Amen. Amen. God's word is good. Two weeks ago, we, uh, we talked about the Samaritan woman. We, we really dug into uh, this account of her. And if you missed that, I would encourage you to jump online and go to Beecher.Church and find our website there. And, and uh, for anybody online, uh, find it there. Beecher.Church, you can listen to any sermon on there. But also I'll plug, uh, Adam has, has worked really hard and gotten us on podcast. <clears throat> Don't understand podcast, but yeah. We're on podcast, so it's just the audio. Uh, but you can go to uh, Apple Podcast, yeah, Apple Podcast, and and uh, uh, type in there Beecher Island Church, and you will find all of these sermons from John Palm. So go to either one of those places, and, uh, and and you can listen to it from two weeks ago. And I encourage you to do that if you missed it. But two weeks ago, we we talked about Jesus laying out eternal life to this Samaritan woman, and in turn. Us. He laid it all out there for her and for us. And, and Jesus tells this woman everything that she was hiding from the community. Jesus tells this woman everything about her life. We know that she came to the well at noon because she didn't want to talk to anybody. She didn't want to be seen by anybody. She didn't want to, want to have a deal with the community. So she came at noon hoping nobody was there. But Jesus was. Jesus was there waiting for her. There's something that hit me this week. This woman knew the scriptures. She, she knew some of the scriptures anyways because she said there's a Messiah coming. There's a Messiah coming. And then when he comes, he will tell us everything. Then we will, then we will know. And Jesus tells her, I am he. I am He, and, and this is pretty much where we left off two weeks ago, and, and man, what a, what, what a joy that she put in us by reading these words, but you know, when we go to verse 27, I'll be honest with you, I, I probably have read this several times, but I just read it and move on. I, I, I may not spend much time here. I may have thought that the disciples were surprised that Jesus was talking to this Samaritan woman. Because, uh, you know, that didn't happen. But, I mean, after all, they didn't associate with each other. But I also think that the disciples knew that Jesus talked with everyone. My, 
I think sometimes my daughters get tired of going places with me because, uh, yeah, dad stops and talks. <laughs> A lot. <laughs> I, I guess I view it as that that's probably how I viewed it. That just, that's how Jesus was. Like, he just stopped and talked to people. Like, no big deal. Just, and if it took two hours, great. If it took an hour, great. If it took six hours, no big deal. Let's stop and talk. He already told us he got plenty of food, right? He didn't, <laughs> there must be some hidden food around Beecher Island, too. I'm not real sure if it can stick around at the four. But, I, but that's how I saw Jesus. Just to stop, he would just stop and talk, and it was no big deal for him to be, be speaking with this woman. But I think I missed something. I think I missed something when I would not stop and think about this verse and what was, what was taking place. Think about the detailed orchestration of our Godness. And I know that I hit on this quite a bit, that our God is a detailed orchestrator and He's perfect in it. But I'm going to keep hitting on it until we know it. And then I'm still going to keep on hitting on it. Because our God is a detailed orchestrator. Think about this. Think about when the disciples returned to the Samaritan woman. Think about when she came in, in that. Think if she would have came, if the disciples would have came a little bit earlier. If they would have come a little earlier, they would have interrupted a conversation that has changed lives for the last 2,000 years. If they would have come a little later, they would have not heard what Jesus had to say. You see, the word says, at this point, his disciples came. At what point? At what point did they come? They came at the point where Jesus said, I who speak to you am he. I'm the Christ. He was telling them, he's laying it out for them and us. His disciples that he is the Christ, the Son of God. And I want us to get this because our God is a perfect detail orchestra. He is perfect in them. Think about the timing that he did for this woman and for his disciples and for all who read God's word. What did this woman do? What did this Samaritan woman do when she heard this? As soon as Jesus told her who he was, she went to action. Verse 28. So the woman left her water pot and went to the city and said to the people, Come, see a man who told me all the things that I have done. Could this be the Christ? <clears throat> I want you to think about this account. This is actually taking place because it did. This woman ran back to town. She came to the well at noon in the heat of the day, hoping to be away from everybody, hoping to not run into one single person from the community, from the town. She doesn't want to be seen. She doesn't want to talk to anyone. She doesn't want to, to, to have looks from any other woman. She doesn't want to have to answer questions. She doesn't want to talk. She just wants to do what she does, skits her water and go home. She doesn't want to feel like an outcast. But what she wants comes to this well, she 
gets to meet somebody. She meets the Savior, the Christ. And when she even just thinks that Jesus is the Christ, she puts down the water pot and takes off running for the city. Runs to the people that she had just wanted nothing to do with. She wanted to be left alone. She didn't want to be seen by them. She didn't. Nothing. You know, she didn't go back to her home. She didn't go ahead and fill up her water pot. Because at this point, she hadn't even got water, I don't think. I mean, it doesn't tell us. But I'm going to guess that she just was tuned in on Jesus and didn't pull any water. She didn't fill it up and put it on her head and keep walking back home and go about her business. No, she... She ran to the people. She ran to the people who knew, who she knew needed a savior. Do you think if, that, that she cared if they ridiculed her at this point? Pointing fingers, made faces. No, she didn't care. She told them everything the Messiah told her. And she invited them to come and see him. To come and meet. Church, are we being the Samaritan woman? Are we being the Samaritan woman and going and telling people? Are we running to people and, and inviting them to come and meet the Savior? Come and meet the Christ? I want to be real with you for a minute because I think I think as Christians, we've gotten really good at convincing ourselves that we should not talk about religion in public. But you know what? I'm going to agree with it. We shouldn't talk about religion in public. We should talk about Jesus Christ in public. She didn't give her views on theology. She gave what she knew. But she had just talked to the Messiah. You know, religion makes us put up defensive walls really fast. We're ready, to, we're ready to defend our religion, our theology. You know what? Uh, brothers and sisters, let's get about Jesus Christ. And I'm preaching to myself here too. Let's get about Him and set aside religion. Let's, let's get about telling people about the Christ and less about the church. Let's be about inviting people to Jesus Christ, to the Messiah, to the Savior, and less about inviting them to church. And don't get me wrong. I want to grow this church, but I want to grow this kingdom first. And in turn, if it grows the kingdom, it will grow this church. See, I don't want invitation for people to come to church to be our excuse to not invite them to Jesus. I thought they wanted one and the same forever. Well, if I'm inviting them to church, I'm inviting them to Jesus. I don't think they're one and the same anymore. I hope Every day, just as I started here, that 
I preach God's Word. I preach His truth. And I pray that if somebody new comes in here, they will hear Jesus Christ. They will hear the Savior of the world. They will get to meet this Messiah right here. But I think we should be just as forward as this Samaritan woman was when she went to tell people about Christ. She just laid it out there. There's no invitation there to a church. There's an invitation to a personal relationship. There's an invitation there to come and see Jesus. You know, because I think a lot of times when we just invite the church, it's an easy, hey, I'll save a seat for you. Which is a good, good invitation, right? It's a great invitation. Don't stop. But don't let it be your own invitation. Because when we just make it our own invitation, I too often we put that responsibility on other people. Let's take our responsibility as followers of Jesus Christ and be calling people to it. You know, I think about this woman and how she just left her water pot and took off to tell people that just 30 minutes prior she wanted nothing to do with. Nothing to do with, but yet she ran to them, telling them, I just met the Messiah. Come and see it. He just told me everything. See, it, be, it became more about him than less about her. And I think that's the way we need to make sure that we're looking at it. Less about us and more about him. More about him, less about us. She didn't care what people thought. And I wonder in her mind, because we know that she knew the scripture, because we knew that she, we know that the, she knew that the Messiah was coming. So as I was reading this, I was like, "Do you think? Do you think as she ran there, she thought about Psalms one thirty nine, Psalms one thirty nine thirteen and fourteen? It says, "For you created my innermost parts; you wove me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to you, because I am awesomely and wonderfully made." Some say fearfully, fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. Did she know that as she ran? Did she know Genesis 1.27? So God created, the, God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Perfectly and wonderfully.
I'm going to take a little slight trail here. Christy, or Casey asked Matt Miles her question that she's had, and I've struggled with answering it. And that question is, how did the devil sin in heaven? If he was cast out of heaven, how did he ever sin in heaven if there's no sin in heaven? If it's perfect in heaven, if it's everything that we know that it is. Matt said, I don't know this, but I'm just going to throw it out there. But I think that the heavens and the earth and all angelic beings were created day one. And when he created those angelic beings day one, when day six came around and he made man in his own image, the devil got jealous because of what God made. Made man in his image, and the devil wanted to be God like man in his image. I've had to chew on that for a little bit. I'm still chewing on it, but I wanted to give it to you to chew on. But you know, in that, look at that, that it even proves even more that God made us in his image. Perfect and wonderfully made. Think about that when the old devil tries to get on our head that we don't need to tell somebody about Christ. I want us to remember that we are perfectly made in his image. And there should be no fear in this world because of what others think of us, what others will say to us. Let's put down our water pots and get on about telling people about Christ. You know what happened when she ran to the city and told them about Christ? Verse 30, they left the city and were coming to him. They left the city and were coming to him. You know, a lot of times I've read about the disciples and I thought, man, I wish I could be like them. I wish I could be as bold as they were sometimes. I set that aside this week and said, you know what? I want to be this Samaritan woman. I want to be, I want to have the boldness, I want to have the courage, I want to have the, the energy that this woman had when she put down her water pot and said, City, come on! The Messiah is here. And he told me everything. See, if we claim to be followers of Jesus Christ, let us put down those pots. Let us put down every excuse, everything that we could ever think of as to why we don't tell people about the Christ. Because I want you to take a minute right now and think about the last time you intentionally went to somebody outside of these walls and told somebody about Jesus Christ is their Savior. When was the last time? When was the last time? See, because the word tells us that many in this city, many of the Samaritans believed because of her testimony. Because she went and told about the Christ and about everything that she had experienced with the Christ. And they believed because of her. 
You see, verse 32 says, and they were saying to her, it is no longer because of what you said that we believe, for we have heard for ourselves and know that this one truly is the Savior of the world. You see, we're called to go and be a sower. And we need to go and tell people about Christ. And let them make that decision. And you know what? Many may believe because of what you tell them about Christ. And then they will get the opportunity to come to the Christ and see who He is and make their decision on their own that He is the Christ, the Savior of the world. But if we don't go self, if we don't go spread the word of the Christ, something may never hear. Right here in our own community. Don't put it on missionaries. Don't put it on your pastors or your elders. Put it on yourself to go and do just as Jesus calls you to do. Go and make disciples of all nations. Because when I think about all this, what an impact this Samaritan woman has had on the kingdom of God. What an impact. But you know what? She was just a, <clears throat> a woman. <clears throat> She was just a woman. Who had a life full of sin. So much so she didn't want to be around anybody, but yet when she found the Christ, she told everybody who he was. Just a normal person. Just like you and I. She didn't have any special training. She she didn't have all the answers. That's, that's a good excuse, right? Well, if they ask me a question, I don't have an answer. Let me just tell you right now, it's okay. It's okay if you don't have an answer. The answer is Jesus. <laughs> the answer is Jesus. So let's get about being about Him. And why don't we make an impression, an impact on the kingdom of God? By inviting people to come through the narrow gate. What a blessing that is that we have that opportunity. What a blessing that is that <clears throat> we can do that. You know, I, <clears throat> I think that too often we get a little relaxed in calling people to. I want to encourage you this week to start making the habit of telling somebody every week about Jesus Christ. It should be more than that, don't get me wrong, but if we can't even do it in once in a week, we'll never do it. So my challenge to you is this week, tell somebody about the Christ. Tell somebody about the Christ. Invite them to come meet you and have a personal relationship with you. Let's go ahead and pray. Father God, I thank you so much that we can have that relationship with you. You call us friends. What a blessing. And we know that you came for the world. You, you came and were crucified. So that every, every, every man, every woman can call on your name and be saved. John said he wrote this so that we will know that you are the Christ, the Son of God. And when we believe in you, we'll have life in your name. We 
We know that. I thank you for that. I thank you that we have you. And that we can stand in the assurance of everlasting life with you. God, I pray, I pray that we do not just keep that inside. But we go and tell the world about you. And, and give them the opportunity to accept you and to believe in your name. And know that you are the Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.